But what does that really mean? Walking by faith, living by faith, not by sight. We take a lot of things for granted. Faith, I think, being one of them. We realize there's differing kinds of faith. We demonstrate faith when we rely on someone or something. When you sit, or I sit down on a chair or a pew, you hope that the manufacturer has that, right? Right? You're not wanting to fall. Uh, just this past week, I drove by a carnival and uh, looked at those rides, the Ferris wheel, the roller coasters. I don't go on those rides anymore, but you, know, you hope that those are put together right, right? But the type of faith I'd like us to consider this morning is specifically faith in God. What does that really mean for you and for me? How does that, depending upon God and faith, have a difference in your life as well as mine? Pastor Rick Warren, pastor of the Saddlebrook Church in Southern California, author of several books, including The Purpose Driven Church and Purpose Driven Life, states this about faith. Genuine faith is relying on God's direction and on who he is. God is reliable. He knows what you need, and he wants to meet those needs. Unfortunately, we know better. We think we know better. We think we have a better plan. We want to use our logic and get to the answer in a way that makes us look good and doesn't require risk, and I like to add, doesn't require much effort. But God wants us to grow, so he takes us in a different way. In one of the Apostle Paul's letters, the one to the Philippians, he states that God will supply all our needs, not all our wants. But here we are in 2 Corinthians. We continue on in this study. There were struggles in this early church, false teachings, questioning Paul's apostleship, sowing of discord among each other. You know, what does it mean to really follow Jesus as a disciple? Struggles, difficulties, challenges, perplexities in the church have continued throughout the centuries. Those external forces that are there as well as those internal. In this particular passage this morning, we hear the temporal aspects of life, this body and the limitations. There's a focus upon the future and needing to keep this in mind while living here presently. Walking by faith, not by sight, or living by faith, not by sight, is a reminder not only for the next life, but for this life as well. I think of two people uh, of this congregation, and Lisa, it's so good to see you. Uh, Lisa, you've been in our prayers, and it's been a long time, Linda Shaper and uh, uh, Tim, it's good to see you. And uh, I'm thinking, Tim, of uh, your parents. And I'm thinking about that phrase, we walk by faith, not by sight. And your mom has passed away a couple years ago and is in God's nearer presence. And your dad, at least last time I looked, on his wheelchair has that prayer card, and it has 2 Corinthians 5, 7 on it. And it's a reminder not only to him, to your family, to friends, to myself and others, you know, of God's presence that's with us in this life as well as the next life, because we walk by faith, not by sight. Not always easy to do. Not always convenient, of course not, but it's a faith and trust in God in this life as well as the one after this one. There's a classic definition of faith from Hebrews 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In that chapter and beyond in Hebrews, uh, people of the faith are listed. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Rahab, and others. Not perfect people by any means, not people that had no doubts 
or absence of struggles in their life or faith in God, but showed a behavior, showed an attitude of trusting God for their lives. And these words, but without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. To diligently seek him. That word believe, too, occurs so many times in the Bible. And it's not that Pollyanna, but it's that reality of God that is present with us, to be reminded of that each day. The Lord is to be found when one seeks God with one's whole heart. Those verses from Jeremiah 20, 29 that we read as our call to worship, reread that when you have a chance, that chapter. One of my favorite hymns, and Trudy not going to sing that this morning, and uh, Debbie, you know, I pick it out just about every time that uh, leading worship here is uh, As a Deer. You know, it's based on one of the Psalms, and uh, you know that one. I'm not going to sing it. Even though I sing it to the cat at home, I sing it aloud, and uh, you know, but here's the chorus. You alone are my strength and shield. To you alone may my spirit yield. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship you. God's lordship in our lives, evidenced by these words. A few weeks ago, Lynn and I were walking around the neighborhood, and uh, this day was going to be the annual garage sale, flea market, whatever you call it. I mean, they had it in town, and everybody that wanted to in the, the town could have their stuff out. Linda loves garage sales. I, I shouldn't say it. I hate garage sales. And, and while we're walking, too, she said something that really took me back. She said, why don't we have another garage sale? And I, I said the last one. That was my last one, but I think I'm going to have to give in to this one. So, you know, where people hope to find, right, some type of treasure, you know, there's some good deals. There's some really important things, but, but really, friends, it's not those external things, even though I like to collect different things. It's really the internal things in life, right? Those qualities of love, of faith, of hope that really make a difference in your life, mine, as well as the multitudes of others. That treasure that's within. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul talks about that. Pastor Chris mentioned that last week. That treasure's inside. That treasure that we have, the thing that really is lasting and important is inside. It's not the externals. I mentioned this before, one of my jobs during seminary, way back uh, when I lived in Southern California, was working at Knott's Berry Farm as a ride operator and crowd control person. Me as a crowd control person. But anyway, I was a ride operator and uh, Montezuma's Revenge, one of those roller coasters, and Tubs of Fun now, which is in Camp Snoopy, the parachute jump, which goes up, I don't know if they still have that, like 200 feet and then drops down. And, uh, uh, you know, one of the joys of working there was that I could go into the park at any day free. And there was a ride which was there years ago, which is no longer there. It was Knott's Berry Tales. And it was a fun ride. It wasn't a super fast roller coaster, but you're going through a carnival atmosphere, and uh, these characters, uh, bears, are dressed up like humans. And so you have a carnival, you have all the different games and rides, and uh, then there's this fortune teller called Miss Sarah, and she has a crystal ball, she's looking into it, and the, the quote, I get a chuckle when I think about it. It says, Miss Sarah, she sees all, knows nothing. She sees everything that's going around, but she has no perception of what's going on. You know, we can see things literally, and it's important for us to use our minds, to use what we have, sight, but things go beyond that. Things go way beyond what we're actually able to see and perceive. 
Having faith, Jesus says, as what kind of seed? As a mustard seed, really a tiny seed. And, uh, you know, you plant that in the right conditions of the soil, the sun, the moisture, that can grow to a large bush, a large tree, from that little seed, that little seed that's within. You know, the birth of Thomas, Thomas graduates in about eight days, and we're excited about that. And I can still remember the day before he was born, we were at First Reformed Church, uh, Pompton Plains, I was serving there, and there's a large cemetery in back of the church. It goes back to the 1700s. And uh, Linda was walking, and I was walking. It was in February. She has this flannel shirt on. It was kind of a nice warm day, and every few steps, you know, she was out there, she would stop and lean up against one of the tombstones. And, uh, you know, she kept going, and uh, the walk wasn't very long. And then we headed over to Chilton Memorial Hospital, and hours later, hours later, you know, Thomas was born. Of course, it has to be like 2.30 in the morning. It wasn't like, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, but, you know, that, that gift of life, you know, that, you know, and how one can grow, like, as a human, you know, and just, it's, it's, it's a gift of God. It's spectacular to be there and to witness that. Michael Green, in his commentary, speaks of, The kingdom comes when the soil and the seed get together. It's a marriage of seed and soil. The seed is the word of God proclaimed by the sower, which is God. And the kingdom begins to come in life when the soil receives the seed of word for itself. Then it begins to germinate and shoot. So those who hear with faith ask themselves a series of questions as the story progresses. Has the word bounced off me like seed off hard track that traverses the field? Has it begun to grow in me so that I could face pressure, laughter, business associates, expulsion from groups? Or am I just very ordinary church member, but in my own small corner producing some fruit, 30-fold, whatever that may be? God has given me a rather wider ministry, perhaps, and I can see growth, maybe 60-fold. Maybe he's put me in responsible leadership, 100-fold. Whatever that is, the sower is the same. The seed is the same. The different results depend on the soil, how we respond to the sower and the seed. What fruit we produce will depend entirely on that. The results are God's. We're to be faithful and to show that faith like a little grain of mustard seed. Faith can be small, but it can be very significant with the results, as that parable talks about. God's kingdom can have small, even tiny beginnings and produce great results. Think about each of our lives. Think about others, how God is at work in us. Listen to the words of Jesus again. But the one who receives the seed that fell on good soil is the person who hears the word and understands it and produces a crop yielding 160, 30 times what is sown. That kingdom of God is within you, within me, within us. God's very spirit working in and through. Not only those that believe, but those that don't believe. It's hard to fathom that, but God is at work in our lives, whether we realize it or not. Think about the scripture in many places. Peter trying to walk in the water, remember? Gets out of the boat. We don't know how many steps he takes. Jesus is out there. The other disciples are probably fearful. You know, who's this on the water? And he gets out. We don't know if he goes one step, a few steps, but then he begins to sink after he takes his eyes off Jesus. 
And then he said, Lord, save me. And then Jesus reaches out his hand, and it's miraculous that he's right there in the boat in a moment. You know, think about other times. Your faith has made you well. Jesus miraculously healed so many people, not only bodily, but also their minds. And, uh, you know, uh, think about, there was one uh, example I was just looking at right before the service in Mark chapter 9, where uh, a man comes and his son has some type of uh, speech issue, evil spirit, you know, and uh, he says, Lord, help my unbelief. Give me the faith. And sometimes we can have faith that can really inspire other people. And you think about those paradoxes in life. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Paradoxes, to die to live, serve to gain, give to receive. Lose your life and you find it, right? The first will be first, last. The weak will be strong. Suffering can be a blessing. And walk by faith, not by from the Grand Paradox book uh, from Ken uh, Watsma, a pastor. He says, walking in the paradox is only possible if God's view is bigger than the human view. We have a limited view of reality. God, we're told, has an all-knowing perspective. Even so, the questions are relentless. Is this all just a bunch of Christian spiritual talk? Should I really risk everything and bank on God? How do I know that God will catch me if I take that leap off the cliff? Faith is the art of moving forward in obedience, not in the absence of questions like these, but in the face of them. Faith marches through the paradox. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Faith can move even mountains, Jesus said. In the New Testament, faith appears over 240 times. Recently, I was visiting a couple people, and I like to use that Jesus calling. Uh, Michelle, we talked about Jesus calling right before the service, and uh, I really thought it'd be helpful to bring uh, that book and uh, read that entry that has really meant so much to me. And, uh, you know, it's helped me during really low times, and I was hoping that it would help someone. She was going through treatments, and another person was going through some difficult times. But listen to these words by Sarah Young, and she writes as if Jesus is speaking to you, which is really a, a very unique way of a devotion. Uh, but think about this for yourself, whatever you're dealing with, or maybe there's other people that need to be encouraged to have faith, and maybe you can help them in that process. But here's the entry from February 1st. Follow me one step at a time. That is all I require of you. In fact, that is the only way to move through the space-time world. You see huge mountains looming, and you start wondering how you're going to scale those heights. Meanwhile, because you're not looking where you're going, you stumble on the easy path where I'm leading you now. As I help you get back on your feet, you tell me how worried you are about the cliff up ahead. But you don't know what will happen today, much less tomorrow. Our path may take an abrupt turn, leading you away from those mountains. There may be an easier way up the mountains than is visible from this distance. If I lead you up the cliffs, I will equip you thoroughly for that strenuous climb. I will even give my angels charge over you to preserve you in all your ways, verse from Psalms. Keep in mind on the present journey, enjoying my presence. Walk by faith, not by 
sight. Trusting me to open up the way before you. Trusting me to open up the way before you. Just some weeks ago, we celebrated Pentecost, the birthday of the spirit of the church, and, and that powerful spirit that is within us, and that often we don't realize that God is there for us. To be great, one must be a servant. To be great in the eyes of the Lord is to be a servant. Sometimes that involves suffering. Sometimes that involves going out of our comfort zone. Our faith, not only individually, but as a group, as a group of believers here at Abundant Life Reformed Church and what God has in store for us. Over these past few months, I've revisited the memories of the sabbatical uh, and learnings from that time. Uh, friends, it was a profound experience. It still is, and I'm very grateful to God, to you, and for others for making that possible. Just this morning, I emailed a friend of mine. He's uh, a canon, a former uh, well, chaplain of uh, the Manchester Cathedral. And he wrote a book, Pray Your Way, and I've had a chance to kind of meet with Bruce Duncan uh, through Skype, which was kind of a new experience for me. And uh, so I sent him this email and said how much he and his wife, Margaret, mean to me and how they've really encouraged me in the faith. And I look out there at the congregation. Look up, people. We're going to say my faith looks up to me, too. Uh, but, you know, God is at work in you. You know, not only your faith, nurturing your faith, but also being able to help others, to share God's love, to share God's encouragement. One of the lessons and learnings from the sabbatical uh, is one that I keep reading and over and over again. Be open to the Lord's presence and serendipities, which are surprises, unexpected blessings, which are ever-present. Trust and make space for God. Make space for God. That's one of the things with uh, uh, the garage sales. I have too much stuff. You know, and uh, just add more stuff. Linda's not here to defend herself, but, uh, you know, she's not a clutterer. But, uh, you know, to make space for God within our soul and to be able to know that God is at work in and through us and through many other people. To take that high road, even though it's costly, even though that hurts, it causes pain, uncomfortableness, uh, that God is at work in us. God has been at work in this church for years even before any of us were, was born, and that God will continue to be at work in us. I'd like to close with verses from Ephesians chapter 3. Paul says in that prayer, I pray that out of his glorious riches, God may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, living out our divine calling in the good as well as difficult times. Let us pray together. God, you know each of us. You know the joys that we experience. You know the hardships that we experience. You know what we're going through right now and the people that are close to us and in this world, Lord, with all the needs that exist. May our faith, Lord, be uh, deepened by you. Help us to trust you, even though we don't see all of what's going on and sometimes... Uh, well, maybe many times we want to know in advance, but help us to take that faith to a deeper level, to trust you, to depend upon you in life as well as in death. We pray this in your name. Amen. If you're able, please stand for our affirmation of faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. Saying together, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, 
who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.